The scripture reading for today is Matthew 4, 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Prior to being away, we were looking at a short series, which we pick up today for this week and next week, called Stories of Faith, Prayer, and Fasting. And over that time, they've all been from Old Testament uh, passages. Today, we look at this unit from uh, the Gospels, and is this piece uh, of Jesus uh, going into the wilderness, which is what Lent is based on, what Beth was just talking about. So Jesus being tested or tempted in the desert, and prior to that, he fasts for 40 days. So we'll say something about that. It's interesting that our word in English, to tempt, comes from a Latin word, temptare, and it literally means to test, to touch, to try, or to tempt. And so it's not always a bad thing in the actual word. It can have an instructive root, meaning that we can learn from it. So temptation or testing, the word is translated either way in our Bibles, can be a source of learning, can have a source of uh, instruction about it. And so that we, we need to keep in mind. So the piece here is that Jesus is being tested. He's being tempted, but the deeper level is that he's being tested in the wilderness. And so temptation can have that sense for us as well, Uh, tempting or testing. Hebrews writes, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin. So, which is an amazing thing, and that's a great text. There's a few texts in Hebrews that says that, that Jesus, in his humanity, knows everything about us and what we have experienced and the actual tests or temptations that we've had. Jesus has experienced those, yet without sin, but nevertheless, he has experienced them. So Jesus, as the, quote, God-man, a Latin phrase called Cordeus homo, he is the God-man in his humanity, 
knows all about us. And so when we have our hard times, Jesus can actually relate to that because he was fully human like us. And the writer of Hebrews is underlining and making that point. So we move to our text. It's interesting that chapter 4 follows the baptism of Jesus. And at the baptism of Jesus, you remember the Holy Spirit descends. He hears a voice that you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so it, it is this event, Jesus' baptism by John in the River Jordan. The Spirit descends. This is the event that confirms in Christ that he is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God, and he begins his ministry. So this event is significant in his life. He obviously had some awareness of that earlier, but yet it's this event that he's driven into the wilderness to experience these tests or temptations uh, by the devil. And it's, imagine, it's a 40-day fast, day and night. 40-day fast, like that is a long time, right? I don't know if anybody's even, I mean, who even thinks about that? That is a long time. But yet that is what Jesus has experienced. The times of exhilaration and times of challenge together. We can have a great experience, a super experience, and then right in the midst of that, we have a challenge. And even in terms of our spiritual connection with God, we can have times of exhilaration, and then right with it, we have some sort of attack, some sort of problem, some sort of conundrum that comes up. Well, in a sense, that's what Jesus is experiencing here. He has this time in the, in the, in the river, River of Jordan, Wow, the Holy Spirit descends. He hears a voice from heaven. You are my son. And then immediately he goes into the wild desert of Judah. And he's there for 40 days. And he experiences these challenges. That's the setup for where we're going. And you know the story. There are three temptations or three tests. And the first one, we'll just read part of it. The tempter, the devil here is called three different names through this whole story. And the first one is, he's the tempter. He's the tester. So the tester comes along and says to him, if you are the son of God, remember he's just had this breakthrough experience, I'm the son of God, I'm the Messiah. Somehow there's clarity there. Tempter says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread, but he answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what's this about? What's this experience about? Well, at one level, obviously Jesus is completely famished, and the devil reminds him that you have the power to turn all these stones, crazy amounts of stones in Israel, as there are in Ireland, crazy, crazy amounts, turn some of them into bread. So the immediate level, and there's, we're going to look at each of these in two different levels. The first level is quite obvious. It's satiate yourself. Meet your needs now. So it's the temptation of immediate gratification. You don't need to wait. 
Just jump in right now. You can satisfy your needs here and now. Turn the stones to bread, and your hunger will be gone. Immediate gratification. So I think we can all relate to that at some level. We don't like to wait. Often we want things, and we want them right now. That's what our culture is about. And so immediate gratification is something I think we can relate to. At a deeper level, it's about control. So gratify yourself now. And it's essentially saying, I want control. I want to be able to work things out in my speed, in my way, rather than living in dependence upon God. Waiting. We don't like to wait. When Rob and I were away uh, two weeks ago, we were in the island of Tobago, way down in the corner of the Caribbean, having some terrific dives, but it's also known for rainforest. And so Trinidad, Tobago, there's a rainforest in Tobago that was recognized by the Brits way back in 1776. So it's been protected for 250 years as a rainforest. And get this, if anybody cuts a tree down in Tobago, your fine is immediately $100,000 if in the rainforest. $100,000, and you go to jail for six years. They don't mess around. So you know what happens? Nobody cuts trees down in the rainforest. It's just not done. So it's really respected. It's really prized by those in Tobago, this beautiful rainforest. So we went up, and what I didn't know also we didn't know is that Tobago's known for a birding place. Our whole dive lodge was full of no divers, but all birders. Go down there to see birds. It was terrific. It was interesting. So one day we went up into the rainforest. I know nothing about birding. Our guide brings telescopes for each of us, and we launch into the rainforest. And much of the time that we were going, we just stood, and we waited, and we listened. And then he would call the guide a little bit for some of the birds, but you waited. It's watching and waiting. That's what birding is all about. You go into the rainforest or wherever, and you watch and you wait. You listen. You're quiet. I thought, that's not a bad spiritual lesson because we're called to watch and to wait and to trust and to lean. But what we like to do is control. What we like to do is make things happen, make things happen. But this lesson for Jesus uh, in this situation is, well, we have to watch, we have to wait. Note at the end of the event, the angels come and, and help give him food. So, but he doesn't do it on his own. So we're invited to watch, to wait, to live in dependence and not call to control things. Jesus' response is, well, one does not live in bread alone. We're called to trust and depend and lean on God. That's the first temptation. We want to control. We want to satisfy our needs. But part of this event is teaching us to wait, to lean, and trust God. Interesting that all of this came through a time period of fasting, which we've been looking at. So that's number one. Number two, text goes, saying to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, 
and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Interesting, the full text here, the, the devil is called Diabolos. He's the devil now. Before he's the tempter, now he's the devil, Diabolos, the trickster. And so the devil is speaking to Jesus again. Well, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. So he takes him. Jesus goes along with it to the top of the temple. And the temptation is, or the test is, just throw yourself off. Do something special. Do something spectacular. Throw yourself off. And we know you're saying the angels will bear you up because the text, the Psalms say that. And you'll land safely and everybody will be excited and you can launch into your ministry so it's a temptation to do something special temptation to be spectacular to launch your ministry in your own way and so we might say it is something about manipulation it is forcing the hands of god i read a story recently uh, on cnn and a woman was driving her car and she was wanting to test God. She actually wanted to test God. So she pulls her car out into the ongoing traffic. And her desire is, well, that if I can trust you and depend on you, you'll keep me from an accident. Guess what happened? Boom! They hit. Plan didn't work. So, but what she said later was, well, the fact that I didn't die is that God protected me here. Even though people were injured, people were injured in the other car, not a good move, right? So none of us are going to try to do that. That's a bad way to go. But people, I mean, that, that actually is a real story. That's something that a woman did, a person did. Could be man or woman. Trying to manipulate God, change God, force the hand. So it's something, again, that we can do in our own way because we can say, well, we make a contract with God. I will do this for you if you do this for me. I'll give a lot of money to the church if you do this for me. Or I'll serve in this capacity if you do this for me. We try to make some sort of contract. But in reality, faith is not like that. Faith is a daily journey. Faith is your walk with God, your trusting with God, as somebody has said, it's our own road. We have our own road to Emmaus to walk. And so we have our journey. We can't manipulate. We're tempted to do that. Try to control things. But the invitation is to lean. is to depend. Trust God. And so Jesus is tempted in these same ways that I think we also struggle with. And then finally, thirdly, we have this statement, and he said to them, this time it's Satan, Satanas, he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Satan is the deceiver. All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. So here, perhaps, the temptation is that of idolatry, of giving power. I want all the power. I want all the might. I want all the riches. I want all the strength. I want something, whatever it might be for you and me. We want something. And that becomes now our guide and direction for life. 
I said before the last word of John in his epistle of 1 John is little children beware of idols. That's his last statement. Sounds abrupt. Why would you end a, a, a paper like that? Little children beware of idols. But he knows that we establish, quote, idols, whatever they might be. Little children beware of idols. Idolatry. Setting other things up as the things we really want. We say we want Jesus, but we are really going for other things. I remember way, way, way back at Royal York Baptist Church years ago, we had a small group, and I had a guy in my group who wanted to be a millionaire. Now, this is way back in the late 70s. He wants to be a millionaire. He had magazines. There's all kinds of magazines, I guess, for the rich and wealthy, and one of them is millionaire, or was then. And he would get all these magazines because that was what he wanted. Above everything, he wanted that. It's in the Bible study, read the Bible, whatever it is. But what I really want is this. I want money. I want power through money. That was, that was his goal. He was a young guy in his 20s. I never found out if he ever made his big pack of money. But uh, that was his goal. That was his idol. I don't know what idols we might have in that way. So Jesus is tempted. One level, it's about that, but at another level, I think it's really about compromise. The Son of God, you're the Son of God, you have a mission, you have a purpose. God has given you a message to preach and proclaim. Wouldn't it be a lot easier if you would forget this whole cross idea and do it this way. I'll just make you power and ruler of the world and you can go for it. Finally, Jesus says, away with you, no more games. What? We only are to worship God. We are only to serve him, to adore him. So we can think through the temptations. What are they? Do any of those relate to us? You like control? How many like control? Come on. We all like control at some matter, right? We want to control things. We would rather control things than someone else control things. So I want to control. Well, we have to think about that. Do we try to manipulate God in any way? I may not use that word, but do we try to control things so things work out for us? We make a contract with God in some way. Or do we compromise? Certainly we compromise. We want this, we want that. We want to serve God, but we also want to do our own thing, right? We want to do what God wants us to do, but we also want to do our own thing. There's all those aspects of who we are in our journey. So Kierkegaard, the great philosopher, he uses the phrase, to will one thing. Keep willing one thing. And what he means by that is stay focused on the main thing Keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is to follow Jesus, know him, will one thing, regardless of whatever else is going on in your life. I want to will one thing, to know Jesus. Not about control, not about manipulating, not about contracts, not about compromise. Kierkegaard is saying will one thing. And when he says that, he talks to young people, he says to young people, keep willing one thing. Talks to university students, keep willing one thing. He talks to business people in the middle of their career, keep willing one thing. 
talks to old people at the very end of their lives. Will one thing. That's his phrase. So we know how we can get tossed up and divided, right? We want all kinds of things. But to will one thing. Interesting that Jesus learns all of these lessons from a time of fasting. Prayer and fasting for 40 days. And Jesus then launches into his ministry. Something in that experience, he learns from all that to carry on in his ministry. And so in Lent, there is this faith, this statement that Jesus resolutely sets his face towards Jerusalem. That's what the text says. He comes to a point where he knows that's what's got to happen. I've got to go towards Jerusalem, and it means the cross. And he sets his face resolutely to do that. And that's the theme we're going to follow in terms of the Lenten experience to keep reminding ourselves that we are called to will. Will one thing. Keep serving Jesus. Know Him. Love Him. Serve Him. Walk with Him. In Jesus' name, amen.